This morning's message in this scripture, he uses three, God uses three illustrations, and we're going to kind of group them together and pull three truths out of the illustrations. But to help you keep the illustrations in mind, I thought if God were a business owner, okay, if God were a business owner, the first illustration is about foods. So maybe he would own this company up here. How many people have ever shopped at Whole Foods? A few of you. It's a place of naturally grown quality foods and stuff. And Paul, in these scriptures, talks about you're drinking milk when you should be on solid food. So that's our first illustration about foods. Um, He then moves on to another illustration about watering and planting, which I thought, okay, that's farming. So God owns a farming company in this area. So that company would be... Sweet corn. How many have ever bought sweet corn Charlie's? And I I know a bunch of people that have worked there, and somehow he has a method of starting the corn inside early and getting it going, and that's how he gets his corn out so early and stuff. I think he's a Jewish man, if I'm right. Somebody can correct me on that. But um, Paul said that he planted and Apollos watered, and God caused the growth. So the second word picture is farming. And I know we have some farmers in here, so if I say some farming facts or terms that aren't right, just skip over that, you farmers, because I've never farmed too much in my life. Um, The third illustration is a building illustration, foundation and building. So if God owned a business in our area, he would own... Now, I'm not promoting DJ construction at all, but I like that picture of building the temple, and it kind of looked... And I know they've built some churches. I I do know one guy that works there. He's a great guy, uh, but I'm not promoting them. But God uses a third illustration that is building. So if you want to remember the illustrations, I came up with their foods, farming, and framing. Foods, farming, and framing. That's God's illustrations. Um, But let's go into that. You can go to the next slide there. Um, This is what I want to get across to you today. God is not so much interested in the foods, farming, or framing in our lives as far as where are you at in that process? Where are you at? He's not so much interested as where you're at, but where you're going. He's not so much interested in where you're at, but where you're going. Okay? So remember that as we go through Scripture today. Um, In the first part, he says, um, I would not address you as spiritual, but as mere infants. I gave you milk, not solid food. Now, I have some things I'm going to set out here. This is kind of the old-fashioned baby bottle. Most of them now are weird shapes. Just a plain old-fashioned baby bottle. Is this appropriate for some people that are in this building today? It's appro- now, is it appropriate for most of us in the building today? But he said, you are mere infants. Well, I'm going to use food as kind of an illustration. A, a, a child might start off with the baby bottle. Any of you got kids or grandkids that are in this stage of life? These are fancy. You remember the old Tupperware ones where it was the cup and you just snapped the kind of lid on, but now, you know, they won't leak now. And You, got, you, have, you have the sippy cup stage. Uh, the next stage I want to get to is, oh, you know, as a kid grows up, then maybe the next thing he starts liking, anybody know kids or grandkids that are they're really into the macaroni and cheese? Actually, I like it with pepper. Hmm, then it's, it's pretty good. 
So you move along to the macaroni and cheese stage. Then you have kids. It doesn't take them long when you're driving in the car around. They, under, they recognize McDonald's. But, you know, McDonald's is appropriate for the right, the right uh, stage of life and where you're at. Uh, hopefully that will stay up. So we're progressing along. And then we get older and more mature, maybe teenage years. How many are pizza lovers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We kind of move up to, to the pizza place. Um, then now we, we mature, we become adults. We, we are, we're pretty good at things. We just have a nice salad. <laughs> now, on a hot summer day, a salad is really good. So you might, you might move along to a salad. Um, then, then my final illustration, and the whole idea of this is it's just, it's a progression we're on. We're, we're making progress here as we go through life, liking different kinds of foods, and God does that to us too. And finally, how many of you guys like steaks? You like a nice, you know, you uh, marinate this with some salt and pepper, maybe a little garlic and onion, let it sit all night. Then the next day you start up the grill and you get it sizzling hot and medium rare. And medium rare people in here? Well done people in here? Yeah, okay, there's some well done people. But uh, it smells good. The smoke's coming off the grill. Um, when you get done, then let it lay out, put a little butter on it, and just let it relax so all them juices come back to the edge, and it's smelling good. So these are only the, the we are in a progression in our life. And Paul gets on the Corinthians because they're here, and they shouldn't be. But being here in our Christian life is okay if it's where you're at, if it's appropriate for you. We have newborn Christians that are in this area, and we progress through our Christian life. And um, all these illustrations are pointing to that, and that's what I want to talk about today. So the, the first point is Christ followers are all at different stages of their development. Christians are all at different stages of their development. And I'm just trying to picture this here in front of you with these different foods. And he says in these verses, I could not speak to you as spiritual men, but as to men of the flesh, as to infants in Christ. I gave you milk to drink, not solid food. And any of these foods up here are appropriate at the right place and at the right time in our lives, but... As we grow as Christians, we should be leaving some foods behind and maturing in our faith with Christ. Um, Paul is only criticizing the Christians because they're adults and they're trying to drink milk. You know, if I had one of these for everybody today and had some milk in it and said, okay, everybody take a drink, it might feel a little uncomfortable just because it's a little weird to be drinking out of a baby bottle. And that's... What Paul's saying here, he says, hey, you guys, you're in your spiritual walk should be farther along than the milk stage, and you need to, you need to be growing up in your life. Um, so we, we need to remember that we are in a process. And this is also illustrated by the farming, agricultural um, illustration here. When he says, um, Paul says, I planted and Apollos watered, but God caused the growth. So let's move on to farming, which I'm not real good at. Uh, I've had a garden, but you have to prepare the soil 
Um, then you need to plant it. You need somebody to water it. You need uh, the uh, uh, fertilizing. You need to take time. All of planting takes time to get a harvest. And you put all that together. But in, our, in this uh, illustration of farming, Paul is saying the same thing. We're all in different places in our life. And we all have different jobs to do. Uh, Paul had the, had the job of, of planting, which in his day and age was missionary work, evangelism work. He was going into brand new places where they hadn't heard about Jesus and his death on the cross in the last you know, 30, 40, 50 years ago. This had happened, and he's going to places and telling them about it. They hadn't heard that. And uh, so he planted. And Apollos would come along in the Corinthian church. He came along after Paul, and he kind of explained things and worked things out and told them what that meant, what was right or wrong. If you go through the book of Corinthians, there's a whole bunch of stuff about practical applications to their society about what was right and what was wrong in a Christian's life and what they should be doing. Um, And we each have our place in this process somewhere. We have a job, a ministry, a work, something we are supposed to be doing in this. And the then he moves on to this agriculture or architecture picture, framing. He says, And according to the grace of God which was given to me, like a wise master builder, I laid a foundation, and another is building on it. But each man must be careful how he builds. No man can lay a foundation other than that which is laid which is Jesus Christ. So in a building process, same like moving through our life, different tastes of food, or moving through the farm from the spring getting ready and to the end to have a harvest, the building is another illustration of the same thing. There's the foundation, which is Christ in our spiritual lives, and then the building of the, of the structure of the building. Um, so you have to lay the foundation, there's the framing, the roofing, siding, you have to do the mechanicals, drywall, fixtures, trim. How many have ever built a house or worked in the construction industry? Uh, Tim has built boats that were bigger than houses, but <laughs> you can ask him about that. Um, it's that process, and we're all, we're all in a process in our Christian life, um, and it's critical to be making progress in your life. If your life was depicted as a building, how far along would you be? New Christians start off with the foundation of Christ, and as we mature in our Christian life, we will be growing and building and and having a more completed structure. Um, So remember, in our Christian lives, it's a process. Start to I was going to say finish, but there isn't a finish here on earth. The finish is when we pass away and we go to heaven. It's a start and a progression that we keep moving. The second thing these three illustrations show us is that God has the primary role in development of his Christ followers. God has the primary load in the development of his Christ followers. And if you're taking notes while I'm trying to get those up on the board... And I think that's really important. Um, In verses 7 and 8, it says, God was causing the growth. And God, and it says it twice, God who causes the growth. God is the grower. We just plant and water and do the other things he asks us to. 
Now, I read something where they did a, a, a study about everything that goes into growing a crop, a farm crop, uh, whether it's sweet corn charlies or whatever. And they listed all the rain and nitrogen and sulfur and I don't know all that stuff that goes into farming. Our farmers can help us better. But at the end, they said the farmer works really hard and has to, has to do all this. But at the end, he has a 5% effect on the outcome of the crop. Isn't that like God? God causes the growth in our lives. God causes us to move from this end to this end. Um, he's the one that is causing that. And that's exactly what verses 7 and 8 say. God causes the growth. It is God. And we need to rely on him. And in there, it's kind of interesting in these passages, we have God causing the growth. And this part about God causing the growth is kind of like God the Father. But in these illustrations, if you move on to the building illustration, Jesus is the foundation. Jesus is the foundation. So we have God the Father causes the growth. Jesus is the foundation. Now, you all know if you've built anything that every structure has to have a good foundation. And if it doesn't, it may look all right for a while, but over time it'll shift or the tornado comes, it'll blow away. Everything has to have a good foundation. And Jesus is that foundation. And then it's interesting when he talks about the temple, uh, which is a part of the uh, building project, the Holy Spirit indwells the temple. Do you know the Holy Spirit indwells you? And this local congregation is a temple, and the Holy Spirit dwells us as a group, um, and the Holy Spirit dwells his church universal. The Holy Spirit indwells the, the building, the structure, the temple. So in our lives, wherever we're at is not the important point. Wherever you're at in this process, it's are you moving? And ask God to give you growth. Ask God to give you whatever you need to help you to grow in your life. Um, often we get the idea or we get preached uh, preaching or, or seminars or books or that, you know, you need to do it yourself. Build yourself up. You can do it. Positive thinking. Da, da, da. And that's a little bit of it, but maybe that's the 5% of the farmer. Most of it is God causes the growth. Ask God to give you the growth that he wants in your life, that you can keep growing and developing. Um, so we're all at some stage. God is the one that's causing the growth, the movement, the progression. And finally, um, this is a process. The development as a Christ follower, as a Christian, is a process. Point number three. Development occurs... When jealousy and strife are absent. And we see this in verse 3. Verse 3 says, One of the problems of the Corinthians were was that they had jealousy and strife among them. And it, the, the word strife basically just means uh, contentions, quarreling, um, rivalry. I found a poem about churches. To dwell above with saints we love. Oh, that will sure be glory. But to dwell below with the saints we know, well, that's another story. (laughs) 
Do we have jealousy and strife? If we're talking about this process, one of the things that can get in the way is jealousy and strife among people in this building, among your family members. Jealousy and strife. So if you look around this room or if you know people in your life that you really have strife with, you don't like uh, or, or just something about them irritates you, that's something we ought to work on through prayer at the right time to approach them and say, hey, I, I'm working on this to build that relationship with people. Lots of times our strife comes from lack of knowing the person, that something happens and we don't like it and we think, ah. And then we never take the time to say, why did you do that? What's your, what's your thinking? What's your motivation? And we get to know them and, oh, it was something different than we thought. Take the time and effort to eliminate jealousy and strife in our lives as far as the progression. Um, another thing about this development, about this process, it occurs or it happens as we perform our functions. Whether God owns Whole Foods or Sweet Corn Charlie's or DJ Constructions, he needs laborers of all different types. He needs workers. We all have a function in the body of Christ. Uh, Paul said he was the planter. Apollos was the water. And if you put your name in there, what are you? What are you in the church? What, what process you're in? And again, it's not, it's not saying, oh, I wish I was something else or doing this. It's, no, just what are you doing now? God's growing. God's taking care of you. What are you doing right now in this process? Um, we all have a job to do, and we're, we're fellow workers together in whatever God is working on. And I appreciate the people in this church, you know, working on uh, just taking on projects or taking on ministries or suggesting things. And I think we have a lot of outreach, a lot of hearts in here that say, I, I, I want to do something for the Lord or I am doing something for the Lord. And it, again, it doesn't have to be an official position or an uh, upfront position or anything, but just what's the Lord want you to do in your daily life? If it's working, if it's staying at home, if it's retirement, what are you doing in your life as a part of this process? To, we started here, and we're going somewhere to keep the process going. Um, so we each have a, a job to do. So our process can be hurt by jealousy and strife. It is helped as we're performing, working, ministering for the Lord. And also, our development occurs when we do not destroy God's temple. In verses uh, 16 and 17, he says, do you, do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If any man destroys the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, and that is what you are. You are the temple of God. So, this development process will be hurt if you are destroying God's temple. Now, what is the temple? What's Paul referring to? And I think it's multiple. One thing, this, this word temple here is different than some other words. This is talking about the holy of holies, the part of the temple where God came down to visit and the priests could only go in. You know, Jesus never went into the holy of holies when he was on earth. I think he's been in there as God 
and the fire and the cloud and all that. But as a person on earth, he didn't ever go in there because he was of Judah. He was not a Levi. He couldn't go in there. But that's what it's saying you are. You're that temple, that holy of holies. Um, and it's, it's singular in some sense where, what have we got, uh, 50 temples in here this morning? And it's, it's plural, I mean, in some sense. And it's singular where we are God's temple. So we should not be destroying one another in a part of this temple. And we should not be destroying our own temple. We should be taking care of it as best we can. Our temples are, we've heard all the prayer requests. Our, our, at least at my age and as we get older. Some of you young people, your temples are still getting bigger and stronger. Some of us older people, our temples are going downhill. But we are a temple of, of God as a person and as a church. So I just really encourage that we would always be looking out for each other in this church and we'd always be supporting one another, encouraging one another in everything that we do here. Uh, the temple is the place where God is. Do not destroy the temple. And also, it says here that we're the temple of God, we're holy, but we are holy by the indwelling of the Spirit and therefore a temple. We're not a temple first. It's the Holy Spirit that comes into us through salvation and then we become the temple. And it's through his indwelling in our life. Um, all of these things take time to complete. And that's the main thing I want to say. Be encouraged. Wherever you're at as a Christian, it's not where you're at. It's where you're going. And God is going to be causing growth. He's working in your life. Trust him and ask him to, to do that for you. I read a story um, about uh, James Garfield, one of the presidents of the United States. At one point in time, he was a president of a college in northeast Indiana, like 1850s, a Disciples of Christ college. A father brought his son to the college and came up to him and said, Hey, I want to get my son through a little quicker. Can we drop off some of these things and stuff and, and shorten the program and and get him through college. And so Garfield's answer was, well, you know, when God wants to make an oak, it takes him 100 years. When God wants to make some squash, it takes him about two months. Think of that of ours, lives. God's working in us, but we are not oaks right away. We are not eating steaks if uh, Jessica was in here and brought in her two kids and made them a beautiful steak and handed it to them, they would probably say, <sighs> they wouldn't want that. We're all in this process. And be, keep moving in the process. But don't get discouraged about where you're at. And don't bring things into your life that hold you up or hold you back. Keep, keep moving in the process. Uh, the final thing I want to do is just ask you some questions with this in thought. Which food best represents where you are? If you had to pick one in your spiritual life, you know, where are you, where are you at? Um, and remember, it's not so important where you're at. If, you're, if we have a baby in here and loves milk, great. If we have a, a teenager in here and, you know, could live on pizza, uh, probably some of these guys could do a whole pizza, you know. <laughs> That's fine. That's where you're at. Um, but keep growing for God. So where are you at? And then the simple question, when people talk about progressing, we often start thinking about, uh, I'll use the illustration, we often start thinking about hitting a home run. 
But, you know, if you always swing really hard for the home runs, you get lots of strikeouts. Think about what would better look like. Not what perfect looks like. Not what great would look like. Not what stupendous would look like. Just what would better look like. Just a little bit. What would better look like in your lives? What, what might God be saying? Just try this. Move this way. Do this thing. Spend your time this way. That, that would be a little better. Because you're not going to jump from here to here. You're not. You're going to move across slowly. And so what would better look like in our lives, whether we're new Christians or been Christians a long time? What would better look like in our lives? And remember that it is really God that causes the growth. God causes the increase. Thank you.